Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of my podcast, Is Breakfast Included? I hope everyone had a great holiday weekend, and if you didn't have a great holiday weekend, I hope you had a great weekend, all right? Today on the show, I sit down with my good friend, Big Joe Walker. Now, Joe is a country singer out of Dallas, Texas, but when I say country singer, you find a little bit of everything in Joe's music, a little bit of R&B, a little bit of jazz, a little bit of rock and roll, but make no doubt about it, he is a country singer. I drove out to Granbury, Texas to his house on the lake. We had lunch and he told me about going to church eight days a week in Oak Cliff, Texas, why he started playing guitar in college, why he chose country music. We tell a great story about Pat Green involving pizza. And we talk a little bit about his upcoming album titled Countryversal. It was a great conversation. Let's check it out. Mm. So, yeah, man. Um, anyway, what's up, man? Tell everyone who you are. <laughs> Hello, everybody. I'm Big Joe Walker, country singer extraordinaire <laughs> and steak cooker extraordinaire. <laughs> yeah, we had some nice steaks, didn't we? Man, I'm glad you came out, man. Thanks for coming with us. Oh, man. Out this way in the boonies. We've been trying to make this happen. So, oh, yeah, uh, man. Like I said, I always try and make it convenient for you guys. Oh, man, this, so, this rig is sweet. This, this three-hour drive is nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and that's an hour and a half both ways. Then, so. but, well, then the, the least I could do is make a steak for you, did. <laughs> so <clears throat> today it's called Is Lunch Included? Is Lunch Included? <laughs> and it was. I, I don't have any dessert, though. I'm trying to watch my figure. <laughs> uh, man, tell me a little bit about yourself. How long have you been a musician? Man, man, Bernie, I've been a musician I, as long as I can remember, you know, writing songs as a kid. And, you know, I didn't pick up the guitar to college, but I've always played the piano as long as I can remember. You come from a musical family? Yeah. You know, uh, my mother was an incredible singer. My dad actually had a a, a number 52 song on the Billboard charts oh, back right. in the 60s. His group, they were called uh, The Visions. The song was called A Long Winter. Huh. And uh, but yeah, so it's a. Do you ever pull that song out? You live? know, you know what's funny. My dad was a, you know, real hard blue collar. He drove trash trucks and never really talked about it. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, to kind of think about it, man, I don't know if it was, you know, maybe it was a touchy subject. You know, kind of tough to talk about. I'd imagine having that dream of being a musician and. You know, life throws whatever it throws at you, and you yeah, can't pursue yeah. it. So, but yeah, so it was something never really talked about. Like my aunts and my mom used to talk about it, but my dad never. Right on. Where'd yeah. you grow up? Uh, Oak Cliff. Oak Cliff. Oak Cliff, Dallas, Texas. Keys Park. Yeah, yeah, right <laughs> down the street. Right down the street, man. Right For sure. And so, you when did you start playing piano? Um, you know, I never got to sit in the back. You know, my parents, my mama had me at church eight days a week. So I ain't never get to sit in the back with all the cool kids. I had to sit up front so my mama could see me from the choir stand and <laughs> tell me to hush and all that kind of stuff. But so my only entertainment was watching, you know, the church musicians play. And used to watch uh, a man named Mr. Elbert play the piano. And that's just kind of where I fell in love, just looking at the musicians play. Uh-huh. And so uh, I would learn on this upright piano in the back of the church and just kind of play chords. And me, uh, Chris Johnson, my best friend to this day, you know, he and I uh, would play 
just music. So one year for Christmas, my parents got me a set of, uh, my family got me a set of drums and a keyboard, a Michael Jackson keyboard. <laughs> and so, uh, but yeah, and that's just kind of where it all started. And Chris still started. plays in your band. And he still day. plays. And what's funny, Chris was the piano player and I wanted to be the drummer. <laughs> <laughs> when did, uh, when did you write your first song? Man. It, what it, was it called? It, I was in, man, I think I was like fourth grade and it was a song called Let Me Kiss You in the Dark or is it something like Let Me Kiss You or, and I remember I auditioned for that song for like the, the talent show and my teacher was like, that's a great song, but it's a little inappropriate. <laughs> and what grade was that? I think it was like fourth grade or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. So, uh, and then, you know, got to high school and. You know, we uh, Chris and I we had a group called Rain R E I G N, and we were the R and B dude. You know, we had five members in our group, and well, in middle school we were a trio with love with two people. We didn't know what trio meant. <laughs> <laughs> we just heard it in choir class all the time. We're like, oh, that's a nice word. We're gonna be a trio. We're gonna be a trio. Two, two of us. us. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's music has always been there, man. Huh. Just always been there, and then. Um, who were your guys growing up? Who were your influences? I know you take a little from ever, just knowing you and hearing your music, you take a little from that. Who was the the catalyst that made you like, oh, I like that. I like what they're doing. You know, if, if I have to be like to really think about where music really was just, it's, I'd have to say boys to men. I was so incredibly like, you know, I don't know. I would imagine, you know, super guitar players would, you know, see like a Slash or, you know, just incredible player or, or Van Halen or, you know, and be like, oh, that's the moment they knew they wanted to play guitar. Yeah. For me, like seeing Boys to Man, not seeing them, actually hearing them and hearing the harmonies they were doing and how I couldn't understand how four people could do these lush harmonies that literally held its own without any music. Yeah. And uh, I think that's where my obsession with just harmonies and melodies and, you know, really came from, you know, in the sense of, I mean, they were doing, I mean, you know, you, know, you talk about, when you talk about artists, you talk about timeless, right? Like, yeah. Boys and Man is timeless. They are. You know, it truly is timeless and it's, it's one of those things where I would imagine their grandkids are going to listen and great grandkids are going to listen and they're still not going to be anybody as good as them at what they were doing. Yeah. You know, I mean, it just holds up. So I think that's the, as far as vocals, harmonies, that was the real. Now, Stevie Wonder, as far as just like <laughs> to this day, I'd probably lose my man card if I met Stevie Wonder. <laughs> it's probably good that he's blind, so he won't see me crying. You know. <laughs> so is uh, Stevie still the guy you take inspiration from? That you hear something new every time? Yeah, I mean, I could up there. That's a Stevie Wonder yeah, I was record. Looking at yeah, that. like yeah. if if you play a Stevie Wonder record, no matter what it is, he was the first, and I think that's kind of the the staple of my music that it. You know, if you listen to a Big Joe Walker record, there's going to be so many different flavors of it just because I have such an appreciation for it. Yeah. You know, 
Stevie Wonder's the same. You're going to hear jazz. You're going to hear, you know, like a Latin Afro-Cuban beat. You're going to hear, you know, a cha-cha. Like, you he know, didn't he, care what came. It's, he, it's yeah. Just, yeah. It's just Stevie Wonder, yeah. you know. And I think that's the, for me, I think that's the real strong key of incredible artistry where you can't put an artist into a certain genre or, <laughs> you know, if you talk about Stevie Wonder, like, and this is what's so crazy. If you talk about a jazz record, an R&B record, a pop record, he's covered hits in all of those yeah. as an artist, you know, not just dabbling in it, like yeah. certified hits. Yeah. You know, um, uh, writing melodies. How did, did that come easy to you? No, I still struggle with it. Um, I struggle with it because as a songwriter, you want to say so much with only so few bars, right? Yeah. Like, and uh, I feel like the greatest songwriters of all time have a way of saying something, actually speaking on something that's very difficult and very vast, but saying it so simply. You know, Jason Isabel is an incredible, incredible um, part of that. Like, he just has a songwriting ability that... He doesn't waste lyrics. Doesn't waste a single lyric, yeah. you know? And for me and my songwriting, and even earlier when I listened to my previous records, like, you know, I'm just trying to say so much. And they're the truth, and it's what I want to say, and it's what I want to convey. But when you do that, you tend to kill melodies, yeah. right? Because yeah. that's the... It's melodic, right? That's yeah. the root of it. And melodic is not necessarily always syncopated like you would have to do when you're having a conversation or trying to say so much in it. Yeah. And that's where I've really been, you know, when I look back at this new record I'm working on now is it's the focusing on saying so much with so little. Yeah. And keeping the melody as number one, not necessarily... Because I also believe melodies are probably more important than lyrics. So if you look at, let's just say you go to church and the preacher is saying a lot of profound things. Well, yeah, that's great. But I might only come away with, you know, what I heard in the song I heard in worship and praise, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, so like, it's a, it's all about the melody. Like, it, even if. Look at Queen, we will rock you, right? That's the melody. Yeah. You know, but they said something so simple yeah. with we would rock you, and it covers an entire, you know, an entire base of what you're trying to say. And, you know, as an artist, I'll always admit, like, because I think it, you know, you're always wanting to grow. Like, and, you know, the curse of a songwriter is you always think that the next song you write is your best song or it's better than the last one or, but, you know, for me in all reality is that, you know, songwriting, the process of it, I used to believe that I only wrote songs when I was inspired to, you know, when I first started and then I go to Nashville and I go write and you know, these guys' minds were just firing. You know, they had talent, but then you start to realize it's a process. There's a simple, there, there is an emotion to it, but there's also kind of a science to it, a sweet science, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's the good ones know how to marry 
the science and the emotion and the melody. And those are the ones that make just great records. Yeah. You know, hands down, just great records. Do you write with anyone or just for do yeah, you? Yeah, write I try alone? to. I'm, I'm always about writing with other people, you know, because uh, just in my daily life, I love to get different perspective from all different types of people. And I just kind of live my life that way. And do you, you take know? constructive criticism well when someone oh, says, yeah, like, like, and that's just not happening for me? Like, try yeah. it like this. Or? Well, you know, part of it is. I want to write songs. I'll know when a song is is great, and I feel like that with this this new record. Like that, if somebody told me that's not a good song, I'm okay with saying I disagree with you. Yeah, I appreciate where you where you're coming from, but this is a this is a banger. <laughs> the times when I take criticism, there's something about there's a insecurity and i think people don't never want to admit this there's there's a place of like if i play someone a song and i have some some reservations about it but i can't figure out what it is i'm hoping that they're going to tell me you know what i'm really looking for yeah you know but i won't tell them like hey i'm really looking for something in this song because i want to hear honest you know yeah and granted it's hard to get people to listen to your records honestly right just because for the most part nobody wants to tell you people are always going to say like oh man that's great that's that's great great. good job you know and you appreciate that but and i'd rather you just say that when i put the record out and i can't do anything about it (laughs) right not while i'm making the record right Yeah. yeah so you said you started playing guitar in college yeah um what were you going to college for uh political science and economics all right and why did you start playing guitar was it was it just to I saw a dude underneath a tree playing guitars, and all these girls were like, oh, my God. I can't bring a piano underneath the tree. So. <laughs> no, it was actually, um, you know, you run around the dorms, and guys are picking guitars, and, you know, like, it's just something like, man, I just want to pick up a guitar. And it's, it's funny, to this day, I can't play with a pick because I never learned how to play with a guitar pick. Yeah. So... I don't use a pick when I play guitar, you know, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, part of it too is just, you know, I'm one of those people that just, I always want to just learn how to play instruments. Like right now I'm trying to teach myself how to play the dobro. Like I just, you know, as me being a producer, like if it helps me understanding the limitations of an instrument or where it actually sounds better. And, you know, if you start writing parts to that, for that certain instrument, you know, it's kind of like, I'm sure a composer, you know, has a, a cutoff range where he wants his violas to play and not play over the violins or, you know, so mm-hmm. just to kind of have a better understanding and also just a, a true curiosity about just instruments. And so you started playing in, in college. Um, why country music? Well, I mean, I've always had my family is country root rooted, you know. So uh, my parents grew up in the country, like so. It's it's nothing that's always been that far away from me. Um, you know, I've always absolutely loved country music since I mean, since I was younger, mm-hmm. and uh, probably what really. A moment that really kind of, I don't know, inspired me was uh, like I got 
a Tim McGraw record. And uh, this record was called, when I talk about records, I think of top five records, Stevie Wonder, you know, Songs in the Key of Life, uh, you know, Boys and Man 2, incredible record, right? And there's this Tim McGraw record called A Place in the Sun. And uh, man, that entire record, when I say uh, my other top five is Matchbox 20, Yourself or Someone Else Like You, like, that entire record, man, it was just a, from start to finish, like the music, the the harmonies, and and I didn't realize how cool country harmonies were, you know, like when you start to really listen to them as a musician, I, yeah. I would suppose, you know, and um, so that really started me as a country music fan when that record came out, and um from that point, I was in college and I saw a Pat Green show. And like most other artists, like particularly that start on this Texas scene, like, you know, I saw Pat Green. I was like, man, this dude, his songwriting was incredible. Then, of course, to, to know that a lot of his songwriting comes from Mr. Walt Wilkins. Yeah. You know, I so, saw that picture yeah, when I walked in. Yeah, and I signed his guitar Walt if you're listening. What's up, buddy? <laughs> but uh yeah, man. So and that just kind of started this you know, but I never thought about being an an artist per se, you know. So for me, I was I always loved writing songs and so um weirdly, my songs just started becoming country records. Like didn't, there wasn't a moment of saying, ah, I'm going to be a country artist or, you know, it was just the songs were leading me that way because I was singing about what I knew and what I, I enjoyed. Yeah. And, all right. So, like, being an artist was never really, uh, you know, something I ever dreamed about, yeah. dreamt about. Like, yeah, when people talk about, like, for me as a songwriter, you know, my artistry came from the fact that it was like, hey, I just want to go try these songs out and go play them. And so it was, it really was a natural, you know, push into it. Yeah. And um, like, and the more and more you do it, the more it becomes like, oh, wow, okay. That's great. So it's just like, even to this day, I'll play songs when I go play acoustic shows. <laughs> I don't tell people I wrote them. I just I just play them because I just like to see if there's a reaction, if people enjoy it or not. You know, like it's it's almost a sense of you're always, you know. I just believe you're you should always be working on your craft. You know, yeah. Like, um, no, no, and I I I've never enjoyed the spoils of a number one record or a hit record. You know, but. You know, man, when I look look back at my records and my songs, I'm still very proud of them. Now, obviously, you look back at songs you wrote, you feel like you've moved and you've become better. So not necessarily you move forward from it, but, you know, you keep just trying to strive to do yeah. better things. And, you know, so it, it was so I can say that, you know, at this point, everything's been organic, yeah. you know, and which. I also feel because it's organic, like it can only be an organic now can only go so far, right? Like there has to be some type of strategic as far as, 
you know, now the industry's changed. Like you have to be a social media expert. Yeah. Just so to the be first a music- thing I think that yeah. labels ask are what are your social yeah, what's media your numbers? numbers? You know, what's your numbers? They don't care about your songs because they got people that'll write your songs yeah. for you. Yeah, but they want to know your numbers, and so uh, that's something you know. To be very honest, I struggle with you know just because you know I'm built in a way of you know when I eat some food or something, I don't think oh let me take a picture of it to show <laughs> you know what I'm saying right. that's, that's just not who I am. I'm not knocking anybody that does that, but no, no, I get it. You know that's that's just not. So like that's that's a part of the game and part of where I have to start becoming more strategic about and you know as far as because it's not you know everything has changed in, in this no. business you know and you've been in the business longer than me you know so I'm sure you've seen the waters <laughs> wind and go different ways you know so mm-hmm. it's uh but I'm working on something right now and I'm really excited about it I know yeah so it's. <laughs> It should be good. So Pat Green was your guy. I'm going to go back to Pat Green because I got a story about you. Shoot. <laughs> I think you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so you are not a hard guy to miss. No, no, not at a Pat Green show. And everyone mm-hmm. that's listening to the podcast, I've mentioned it several times. <sighs> I got my start with Pat Green. Mm-hmm. And you know, the guy was never anything but good to me. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed my time with him. But there was a, a, a small moment in time <laughs> where his... He ran around a lot, like he went golfing a lot with his keyboard player, player, Clay. Yeah. And he was always playing practical jokes on him. And we were at Floors Country Store? No, not Floors. We were in Austin at Nutty Brown. Nutty Brown. Nutty Brown. And he ordered a pizza for Clay to be delivered in the middle of the show. So Clay comes out, pizza comes out, and everyone's laughing he doesn't think it's funny so he goes out to start handing it to you guys in the crowd yeah and yeah. something happens and the entire pizza gets spilled on joe walker spilled on me the entire pizza i didn't know you but when i met you that's the first thing i told you i was like you're the guy that clay spilled the pizza on the whole pizza y'all and it was hot too because everyone started reaching you know for the pizza you know, and mind you, I don't know if you've been to a Pat Green show. There's no drinking involved in any of his shows. None. <laughs> None all. whatsoever. Yeah. So everybody was reaching for that pizza and it it plopped right on my shirt. Yeah. But Pat was real cool because he had he sent Brad to come get me and offered me at you know, anything I wanted from the merch table. <laughs> and so I countered offer with Pat. I had a demo. I said, I want you to listen to my demo. I know he ain't listened to it. <laughs> and I took a couple shirts. <laughs> <laughs> Why not, right? Yeah. Uh, do you have a friendship, the relationship with Pat? Do you yeah, know man. Him? You know, like, dude, I tell you what, I've been, what's, what's really cool is about, you know, I'd say the Texas scene is that, I think what everyone was drawn to, you know, not just musicians, but fans, is just that there was a sense of camaraderie that was, you know, at least from the outside looking in, like there was a lot of like, oh, man, I do be, I bet Pat and Corey have a great time. You know, I love to go drink a beer with those guys, you know, and like, you know, and truthfully, Pat is that guy and Corey's that guy, nicest guy in the world. And so it's so cool, like. When I kind of became, you know, 
I guess, kind of inside the circle, necessarily not outside looking in, but becoming an artist. Like yeah. you got to meet a lot of these people that you were fans of, and you thought, "Oh man, those are great guys." And you know, and most of them that you meet are like that. Yeah, you know, because you you want to believe Pat is the guy that you hear in the songs. Yeah, and it's you know, for me, yeah, it conveys that. He he, you know, I didn't. I'm not lying when I say this. I didn't know who Pat Green was. Yeah. When I got that gig, and I got that gig completely by accident, and I didn't know any of his songs. I didn't know. I didn't know any of these Texas artists. But being thrown into it the way I was, all of a sudden it was this. To me, it was exciting because it was this whole new um, world of music that I had right. never heard. All I'd right. never heard Red Dirt country or texas i didn't know what any of that meant yeah and so i got i immersed myself in it and you know met jack who i went to work for shortly after that mm-hmm. who's still i i consider him a very good friend pat like i said those three years i did with pat were probably i take everything i learned in those three years still with me All right here 16 years later yeah however long it's been Dude, I tell you, Jack Ingram gave me the best advice I've ever I ever had in songwriting. And like um I'll tell you after we get off air because it's a little private what he All said. Right, but right but on. yeah, but no, man, Jack's a smart guy, man, and he's a like I said, I enjoyed working with him as well. Man, it was it was the dopest piece of advice I've ever received. Yeah. Ever received. And he also not the most serious guy you could be around. No, the time. And, and that's why it, it threw me because yeah. you know we've opened for Jack for a couple times. Our first time at Green Hall, we opened for Jack, and you know Jack, it's he enjoys himself. Just, you know he does. He's a good guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like it was great because you know went up to Jack and you know we we're talking, and, but this was after we played Billy Bob's. We were. um we were playing on the front stage, and uh-huh. Jack was at the main stage, and just kind of talking about songwriting. And um, you know, just to paraphrase it, he's just like, "Man, you got to be honest with your songwriting." And, uh, and I was like, "Oh, well, you know, you hear that all the time, right?" Yeah. So, really, I kind of arrogant of me. I kind of just let it just roll off. Yeah, like I thought he was just kind of giving me a, you know, just kind of a cookie cutter answer to songwriting yeah you know he's like no he stared me dead in my eyes he's like no you're not understand what i'm saying it's like you have to be absolutely honest in your songwriting like this and then he gave an example and it just blew my mind yeah and um i'll forever forever oh jack for that one yeah yeah man i i i i worked with him for a while and i remember i was going through a time in my life that wasn't good and he could see that we were back in the back green room. Mm-hmm. It was me, him, and Drew. He was doing some acoustic shows. And he took me along. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't have to. He took me along to sell merch, tune his guitars, mm-hmm. make some money. And he could see that. And Jack went from Jack the artist to 
Jack the Therapist. Mm -hmm. And he started talking to me. He gave me some good advice, you know. Like, mm -hmm. He's a good dude like that. Man, he really is. He's a good dude. And I don't know if he wants me putting this shit out there like that. Well, that that's why <laughs> I won't give him the full, full, but I think, full I advice. I think anyone but, who yeah. knows him knows that he's a good well, that's, dude. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, it, he's a it good just, dude. It was a cool thing because Jack really didn't know who I was. Like, yeah. I think the only time he ever heard of me when I was on Texas music scene and I was just on a script that he had to introduce me. Yeah, you know, on the TV, uh, that TV show. I keep show. asking him to do the show. That damn Jack. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man, as far as I mean, you've been around for a while. You've been around this scene. Um, in this, what are there any new artists that that excite you? Um, man, I'm gonna tell you. I'm just be real. Be real, like, man. I'm I'm gonna be real. I think that there's um as a songwriter, like I don't think there's anybody right now better than songwriting wise on this scene better than Will Green, William Clark Green. I just met <sighs> that guy. Man, when I tell you that guy, and he's not necessarily new on the scene, but no. I don't think he truly got um, that guy. If you go back and listen to his older records before he wrote, she likes the Beatles. I like the stones like, man, this dude was making, and I'm not saying Will and I are really good friends. We go golfing about once a week. Mm -hmm. But when I say this dude is a songwriter, the songwriter, songwriter, you know, and um, I don't think, um, I don't think that there, you know, we live music right now in our scene. That's not what's really appreciated. I don't think anymore. Like, um, true wordsmiths. And I mean, it, it happens, right? That's kind of the evolution of music, right? Yeah. Like I remember, <clears throat> I would guess back in the seventies, like, you know, it was a reason why guitar players were just as popular as the lead singers in rock bands, right? Yeah. Because it was, you know, when we now go back, it's kind of a recurring theme, even while I've been speaking here, is people that are truly dominant in their craft. And I don't think that's really appreciated that much anymore, all right? Because the, there's room which is great, there's room for everybody, right? There's room for those that might not be that talented in songwriting, but or, or great performer, performers or room that people aren't real musicians, but are great wordsmiths, right? Like yeah. it's, I mean, you used to kind of have to be kind of a package, right? They used yeah. to call it the triple threat with actors. And, you know, back in the day, you used to have to be an actor, a singer, and a dancer to yeah. be able to get work, right? Well, now that really doesn't exist anymore. Um, so, like, when we talk about, like, artists that are, for me, I only want to listen to artists that I want to be like, if that makes any sense. Like, yeah. meaning, like, I get that, and it might be why I'm not as popular as I am, because I'm just, you know, because sometimes the stuff that's what's popular is not, it's not my flavor. Yeah. You know, and but I don't sit there from a judgmental standpoint. Like, just I don't, it's not my thing. It's just not my thing. Like, and if, if that's what other people's things are, like, you know, I'm not going to write a song, Dick Down in Dallas. You know what I'm saying? It's just yeah. not, hey, I don't, you wrote a smash, I'm not going to write a song about Applebee's. You know, like it's, but 
I get that's the realm that we're in now, and you know, there's an acceptance of it. It's it might it's just not my flavor, you yeah. know. So for me, when I look at artists, like I always feel like when I listen to artists, I want to learn from them. I want to learn who they are. I want to learn even. Like I said, if I could write songs, a song like Will Green can write a song, I'm a happy man. You know, if I could play piano like a Corey Henry, mm-hmm. I'm a happy man, right? So it's like, I want to listen to people that I can take from. You know, uh, so many people always talk about, like, you are who your circle is, you know? And I think that about musicianship, too. Like, you know, if I go into a jam... Like I love like going to jam like downtown with all those guys that are just banging musicians out in Deep Ellum, right? And they they play a lot at the Freeman Group. Shout out to Dwayne Barry, but you know those guys are monsters, monster musicians. I much rather go jam with those guys and be completely over my head with jamming with some jazz records and you know, then you know, not saying I don't appreciate sitting in a circle strumming a guitar. You know, but I want to grow. Yeah. You know, and so, um, so when I talk about as far as like um, artists that I'm really just into, it had to be, you know, that's coming out of our scene. It has to be about songwriters, you know, because truthfully, I think that's still the true essence of our scene is the ability to write, you know, good songs. Doesn't mean that they have to be hits, you know. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I just I mean, like, like we were talking about Isbell earlier. He hasn't had any hits. No. But he writes all the best songs. But he writes the best songs you in know, the world. It's, like, it's just, you know, if I could, the, I, tell you, I tell you for me, the only person that I feel is a songwriter and hit maker all in one in a sense of like from start to finish, I have to give it to John Mayer. I think people sleep on how great of a songwriter that dude really is, you know? And yeah, I agree. Like, I mean, that guy writes incredible music, incredible, incredible music. And it's one of those things where like his new album right now, like I was playing that. Yeah. He just wrote an album that could have come out mid to late eighties. Yeah. And it's banging. It's banging. <laughs> it's banging. Right. Like, I keep just, telling people, check out this second track. Oh man. Shouldn't matter, but it <laughs> does. Oh man. That song. That one right there. Anytime I listen to it, that last verse, like man, a should have been busy naming baby number three. Oh just, man. It's such a, yeah, I agree, man. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm a, that dude is a beast. To have a, a, a small repair shop. And uh, in my hometown, it didn't last long. Um, but I would always be playing uh, John Mayer. Yeah. And if it wasn't playing on the speakers, it, I had that live at Nokia where he did the acoustic set, the yeah, trio, and, yeah, yeah. on the, on my TV in there. And I used to get so much hate. Yeah. People would come in there and just hate on me. Oh, I don't. You know, I think it's one of those deals. You gotta hate what's hot. Like, yeah. People hate Tom Brady. <laughs> But you know everybody would want Tom Brady as their quarterback, you right. know? <laughs> even those, the Cowboys. Even the Cowboys. <laughs> I'm telling you. So and I'm a diehard Cowboy fan, right? But that's the And I'm I'm I don't make records. I don't make music. I'm I'm a I loosely I'm a musician. Right. Um but I'm a music fan. Right. Like I love 
listening to music. I love discovering new music. And what I see now is people writing to uh, target a certain, not a demographic, but like, okay, this is hot right now. I'm going to write about that. Right. This is hot right now. And we can't write about that because that's so last month. Exactly. You know? And and I've been, here. here's the deal. I'd be remiss to say that I wasn't, I wasn't a part of that, right? Like, because there's a strong, there's a, a strong, fine example of of a thin line being true to your your craft and trying to make a living with your craft. Yeah, right. Those and there's very few people in this world. Like, look, man, I can't complain. Now, have I had a lot of success? You know, when you think of terms of success in music, you probably say no. But does Joe Walker make a decent living? Just doing music? Absolutely. Is he rich? Absolutely not. Right. <laughs> so, like, so in terms of that, I'm like, yeah, I've been very successful. But that line that you write is like, okay, I could just make an acoustic record of pianos and sad songs and, you know, but I can't go play those live all the time. Right. Yeah. So, like, but mine is not necessarily about selling records. It's about because I'm a fan of music, I'm like, shit, I want to make a Chris Stapleton record today. You know, <laughs> like it's more of a, and that's why it's so, when I talk about only listen to people that I want to learn from or imitate, like, because at least, you know, you're getting good stuff out of it. Right. Yeah. So like yeah. if I'm hearing, if I hear a bluesy record and it's, you know, Chris Stapleton, you know, I might go in the studio or start writing a song and you having to tell yourself to get that song out your head because it inspired you to go in a certain direction, right? Yeah. And that's why I don't listen to a lot of radio. I don't know what's hot right now or, you know, as far as what's trending or because especially during the time of, of writing for the record, like I didn't want to have those influences, you know, in my head. There's only 12 notes, right? <laughs> There's only 12 notes in music. And so like you could start going in and you you write a song and literally start stealing someone else's song and not even realize it and you're like, "Why does that sound so familiar? Why is it so good? It's so good." Like, <laughs> it, because I didn't write it. <laughs> um yeah, man. So you got this new album coming out. Yeah. What's yeah. it going to be called? Controversial. And when's it going to be released? Uh, hopefully in February, but you know how records go. Yeah. But um, uh, John John Trax is producing a record. He won the Grammy with Beyonce, uh, produced, uh, you know, Janelle Monet and Chris Brown. Like, he's an incredibly talented. Yeah. This is a but, long time coming with John John, right? Yeah. You met him a few years a back. A few years back, yeah, at ACMs he, he when it was here. He introduced himself to you, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Well, I remember you know, we were the only two black people in the room. So. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't stand too close to each other. Yeah, think, yeah, yeah. You know, we had to have a meeting before <laughs> things break out. Uh, we know. <laughs> oh, people are not going to like that. Oh, we know. like it. Don't worry about it, y'all. <laughs> I can say it. <laughs> um. No, yeah, but, this has been a, a a long time coming with you guys. Yeah, man, I know it, he's wanted to work with you for a yeah, while. Yeah, and, and I'm super grateful. I mean, here's the deal. The guy like that with his resume, you know, for a guy like me with, you know, not a lot of skins on the wall, just kind of 
I told him all I can bring to you is hard work, yeah. you know, and um, and the ability to be coachable and and I, I tell you, it's been a really great, great pleasure. Like when I say this guy, and I don't throw this around a lot, but when I say this guy's a musical genius, like yeah, truly believe that he is. He's on another planet, not just as a bass. You know, he's an absolute beast on the bass, beast on the piano, like. But just how he hears music. Do you learn a lot recording with him? What? Yeah. I mean, you know, some people go in. I mean, oh, you can't. Man. You like the the old lead a horse to water. Like you can go in with, as you say, a musical genius, and come out and go like, eh. Well, you but know, here's it takes deal. a certain person to go in there and be a sponge. So well, like I had a, a several rights with guys that had some some major skins on the wall, big records. You know, we're sitting in the room writing and it, you know, every once in a while as a musician, I think it's, at least for me, I can't speak for other musicians, but for me, there are certain moments when I forget to look up and breathe and assess where I'm at because you're always just, you know, where can we get another show? You know, who can we go open for? What can we do to get? ourselves out there more this and this and this what am i not doing i need to do this on social you just start thinking about everything because you got to wear so many hats yeah you know and then sometimes like i'll look up and take a breath and be like oh wow i'm in the i'm in this room with a grammy award-winning producer that's working on my record and i'm writing with guys that have number one records out as songwriting credits and you're like why am i here yeah, and so then, so when I realized that, all of a sudden, you know, it's hard to be yourself writing, right? Because it's like, I haven't achieved that, you know? Like, oh, man, should I? Well, I don't know about this, you know? So there was a revelation of like, no, you're in this room because you worked hard, too. Yeah. And you work on your craft hard, too, and you might not have those skins, and you might not have those accolades, but... You know, you are a musician, you are a songwriter, so get in there and be that. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, as it should be, because we're writing for my album, I'm the leader of this songwriting. You know what I'm saying? And they, it's so great to be, you know, there's always a time when, you know, I think as musicians, we all want to be appreciated by our peers. And maybe that's with every industry, but... You know, particularly in musicianship, like, because we do know the eye rolls. We do know the snark things that are said, like, if you get lucky with something or, you know, oh, this person just wrote something tongue-in-cheek and now they're a celebrity. And, you know, like, so you always want to be known as a person that worked hard and paved their way and, and, you know. I have a saying, because there's a lot of artists in this local industry, when I say local, I mean Texas. Is, there's those that paid their dues and those that paid for their dues. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's and, the truth. Like, and it's 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 you know, like people can call me a hater, they can call me whatever, but it's true. I've seen it. You right, know? right. And and you know, for me, it's I guess at any point in time, however you get there, you can get there, right? Like, because everybody's trying to navigate waters. You know, I can't be. Somebody told me one time, Big Joe, you're just too nice. Well, for me, it's number one, you don't want to see Big Joe when he's not nice. No. 
seen number a two, nice big joke. <laughs> yeah, and number two, like honestly, that's not me. I don't feel like I have to screw somebody to to you know get where I want to go or do bad business with someone or yeah, you know, because at the end of the day, I got to be able to sleep at night, and if that's what's required for me, it ain't for me. Yeah, like I just strongly believe that. You know, not saying that bullheaded, stuck in ways of, and there's things that I have to work on. But again, that's that's part of it. Like, um, there's not going to be, regardless if I stop doing music today or I blow up tomorrow, there's not going to be anybody say that Big Joe ain't worked hard and and that screwed screwed them on his way to the top. No, man. Like, you know, I, when I, 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 you and I were introduced, what, five, six, eight, nine years ago. Yeah. Long and, time ago. Uh, and I wanted to meet you. I knew who you were from the pizza incident, of course. But then <laughs> the when I found pizza out that, incident. <laughs> when I found out that you were a musician, I wanted to meet you. And we were fortunate. We had a mutual friend who introduced us. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking to myself and, and telling you like, man, if there's anything I could ever do, you know, just, don't hesitate because you're you are super talented. You I got a great that, personality. Brother. You're super marketable. You know, I'm sure John it, John saw that. Like because of those other things, you know, right. not right. because of. I'm going to go ahead and say the obvious. Right, right. The, you are right. talented, man. You've got a great personality. You know how to work a crowd. You know how to talk to it. It's almost like you were born with it. Like you were born with this. I, w I was going to ask you, like, did you ever want to do anything else? But that's a that's a wasted question because you were born <laughs> to be an artist, a musician, an entertainer, not just one or the other, all three. Right. Like, I, I truly believe that. And it's been a slow burn for you. And I haven't heard the new album. Yeah. But I know you were excited with your last stuff that you put out. I've seen you excited. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, this is good stuff. I've never seen you excited like you are about this album. Well, this one is, is because there's no... And first of all, I appreciate you saying that, brother. I really do. And also, it's really important to know that anytime I've asked Bernie for help, He's never asked me for anything. Like he's always just had my back, whether it be I need to work on a guitar. I'm still so sick when they stole our trailer, uh, my uh guitar rack that you gave us. Oh. <laughs> like I'm so sick about that, man. Like those are the things that you can't get back, you know. But uh yeah, like this record, I feel like number one, it's called Controversial because it's it's truly like me saying, look, man, country, you listen to what country music is right now, and it's it ain't country music, right? Like, there's not a lot of what you would think is country music. Yeah. Rock and, band with a fiddle. Right. And, and that's <laughs> fine. But, you know, for me, I've always did my own version of country. Yeah. But that was always controversial, and it was always kind of a, well... No, that's not this sound. I remember we were in Ballad Band one day, and, you know, some radio DJ said, yeah, I mean, your sound just it sounds a little too polished, it says, you know, for it being Texas country. And I remember I was so pissed, and normally I just let something roll off, and I couldn't help myself. And I said, Texas country is not about a certain sound. It was about be who you are, and people either going to like you for that or not, you know, and like – and that's the the expectations of 
Look, I remember when country music, you know, mainstream country music started kind of going more, you know, if you talk about a spectrum, more to the poppy, yeah. hip hoppy side. And, you know, now, is it my favorite? I don't know. You know, I don't. For me, I think that music evolves. I'm sure my parents listened to the music that I love so much that Boys and Man and said that ain't a real group. Listen to the Temptations. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So like, so I get there's a point of music evolves and your taste kind of gets puts your taste. You know, but this record, what I'm so proud of is that every single song on the record was wrote with the intention of pleasing the song and nothing else wasn't wrote hey we need to have a radio single type song yeah. we need to we need to write a this type of record or it's literally been hey you know what if the song starts to write and it starts writing itself and if it wasn't good enough like mm-hmm. that was another deal you know somebody told me one time they said you're too you're too attached to all your songs you write that means you don't write enough and you know, this was at a point of me looking at songwriting as, you know, each song is my baby and it's a part of me and it's yeah. what I want to say. And and sometimes songs aren't good that you write. You know, if I wrote great songs every time I put pen to pad, I'd be a really wealthy man, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you realize that, you know, for this record, you know, we'll have – depending on what we decide nine to 11 records on this song and in writing, I can honestly say pen to pad about 120 songs that got to this point, you know, and like, um, and that's why I'm so proud of it because for the first time ever with these songs, no one can tell me, Hey, they're not great songs, and I believe it. Yeah, you know, for so there's me, no throwaways on there. Yeah, like it's it's. If you tell me it's not a great song, I just realize it's not a song for you. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the record, you know. Yeah. And uh, like that's the. So more importantly, I think this album was all about pleasing myself and pleasing the thought of, you know, which you would think is really easy. You would think, oh. All artists are true to themselves. All artists make their record. That doesn't happen a lot. You know, we're all insecure in what songs we put out, what we think are good enough. Either either you're arrogant enough to think uh, all these songs are great or you're so insecure that you're swayed by a lot of things. Yeah. So there's a line where you get into, for me, which I'm, I'm grateful for that I believe that I'm there, is a sense of, no, that song's great because... I went through with a fine tooth comb and I judged the song solely based on the song's merit. You know, no lyric is weighted, no and, no duh, no baby, no ooze, whatever throwaway words you put in to match up songs. Yeah. Like it's all has a purpose. Yeah. Well, right on, man. Yeah, man. Well, dude, I want to thank you for taking the time to do this. 
bro. Maybe I we'll appreciate revisit it. this, you know, next year. Yeah, because I need you to do a review of the album. I really need to hear your honest, <laughs> An honest opinion. Review? <laughs> uh, that should be another podcast. Yeah, me doing exactly. just reviews about. I have. I'll tell you when it's off. I have another idea. But, um, man. How can people find you on social media? Hey, please find me on social media. Everything's under at Big Joe Walker. So at B-I-G-J-O-E-W-A-L-K-E-R. You can find me on Instagram, uh, Snapchat, TikTok. I'm hilarious on TikTok. I know all the dances. Actually, I just started TikTok. So uh, <laughs> I was going to ask you ever hit TikTok. I'm, yeah, I'm so far behind on the curve on TikTok. So y'all help me out. Y'all follow me, and I'll, I'll promise you I'll get you some content out there. Well, man, um, I don't know if you've listened to this podcast. It's called Is Breakfast Included? I have a standard question. No sure. matter what. If breakfast was included, what would you have, Joe? If breakfast was included, like food-wise? Like food-wise. Bacon, if that's what you have for breakfast. <laughs> I bacon, um, cheese eggs with salsa, and French toast, and a huge, huge glass of orange juice. Right on, man. <laughs> well, Joe made me an amazing steak. I walked into this and he said, "Are you hungry?" And I said, "Of course, I'm always hungry." Yeah, man. And Gotta break bread. We had lunch and then we did this. And man, thank you again for your time. Hey, thank you, and thank you for what you're doing, Bernie. It's really cool, man. Congratulations. Oh, man. Congratulations to you. I can't I wait to hear it. this album. Man, I hope you have a great holiday. I'm going to give you a sneak peek. We'll go up to the studio real quick. All right. And uh hope you have a happy new year, man. Happy holidays. Happy new year to everybody. All right. Later. Later. Right on. Joe Walker. That's Big Joe Walker. You can find him at everything on social media at Big Joe Walker. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. All that stuff. Check out his new album when it comes out, Controversial. All right, guys, I am done. Have a great day. Have a happy new year. And I'll talk to you next week. 